0: know me my father was the late great john candy who is no stranger to second city here
1: i've got a great
0: show for you tonight i've got a special guest uh a gentleman who was one of my dad's partners in crime uh eugene levy okay come on You might. he was uh, part of uh, second city toronto sctv he started movies like father the bride armed and dangerous and all the chris guest movies I'm so excited to have him. (laughs) So before we get started, before we bring him out, I want to show a clip um, from SCTV. So take a look at this, and then we'll get the show started.
1: (laughs) Have you ever had a headache so bad, the slightest little sound can put you on edge? Headaches aren't fun. They're a serious problem. Some headaches are caused by stress and anxiety. But most headaches are caused by little things like irritating noise. A common trail hammering and pounding a slab of concrete, or car horns blaring and blaring and blaring during rush hour traffic. Even neighborhood dogs yelping and barking and barking and yelping could be enough to give a person with a strong constitution a headache. <laughs> Everyone, let's give a of applause for
0: And one of the questions is, what's your favorite candy, besides me?
1: That was my favorite candy. <laughs> uh, what is my favorite candy? I think I said candy cane. You
0: did, that is correct. Yes, the because is correct. it has
1: the word candy in the actual name of the candy. And
0: you win a candy cane. Aww. <laughs> and everyone wins a candy do. can. You can you can take one on the way out, or if anyone wants to pass them around, have help yourself to those lovely candy canes. Yes, yeah, and right. if you
1: don't take them, I'll just take the rest home.
0: Yeah. There we go. There we go. So
1: you've been good? Um I have, have been. I have been good. Would you like me to eat it? Yeah. Because I can. No. Uh, I can I can make a bit out of nope, it. Nope, because I don't want to
0: <laughs> You can't. I just don't want your dentist to yell at me for cavities later.
1: Um I am, I, I'm good, You're I'm good. excited to be here. Good.
0: Well, I wanted to kind of introduce you and kind of start from the beginning of the, uh, where you got started, how you got to Second City.
1: Um, well, I, I couldn't afford a cab okay. back then, <clears throat> so it was a long walk. <laughs> uh, I got, I, I was in a show, Godspell, in Toronto, which was kind of the first professional show i'm sorry over here
0: oh yeah I'll sorry sit, guys I'll <laughs> sit we'll, ta- we'll talk out for everyone i'll sit, I'll sit <laughs> straight oh, yeah.
1: this way um yeah so we were in a show of uh, godspell uh, which was basically kind of almost right out of school for me and uh and a bunch of us were in that show marty short and right. i who actually went to s- school together
0: and you were born and- in hamilton I don't mean to interrupt, but you were born in Hamilton.
1: You just did interrupt. I did.
0: So. <laughs>
1: and now I can't remember what the hell.
0: I, was I don't. That about. was
1: Godspell. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So Marty and I were from <laughs> Hamilton, um, and uh, went to McMaster together. And then we, and then I auditioned for Godspell. And then I told him he should audition for Godspell. He was writing his finals at the time, and he came in auditioned, got the show, graduated, and then came back, and we did the show together and Gilda Radner, and Andrea Martin, and Victor Garber, and Paul Schaefer was our piano player. So we had a nice run in Godspell, and then we heard that Second City was going to be opening in Toronto. This was 1973. And that was, the name was like, oh my God, Second City, it's like an institution. It's like, "Mm, brilliant, brilliant comedy. And when they opened the show in Toronto, I had the opportunity of taking over the lead role in Godspell and my choice at the time was taking over the lead role in Godspell (laughs) and playing Jesus Christ (laughs) and uh, you know I chose that over cabaret. (laughs) And uh, so I started, so I did that while Second City opened, and then, of course, Godspell closed after three months, and I I don't think it had anything to do with my performance, necessarily. Um, I was the only Jewish-looking Jesus (laughs) that they actually ever used in Godspell, Uh, but I was fortunate enough to be able to get into the Toronto company of uh, Second City, um, replacing Brian Doyle Murray, who had opened the show along with Joe Flaherty as the two Chicago members who came up to help the local Toronto talent like Dan Aykroyd and Valerie Bromfield and Jane Eastwood and uh, who else was in that, Jerry Salzberg. Uh, uh, so when Brian left, after three months there was an opening and I was able to slide into the show and that was uh, that was my foray into Second City.
0: And you didn't have to audition? or
1: did was i forget did i forget to mention i had to audition
0: well it just sounded I, I, like you I, I, you were chosen to go in which is some people no, that nothing
1: nothing could be less truthful than that
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was your audition do you have a memorable story
1: and good questioning by the way good 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 investigative journalism I <laughs> did my research now that now that i remember in a brian williams kind of way <laughs> I did have to <clears throat> audition for the show and they actually selected Jerry it was, came down to me and Jerry Salzberg for the, for the show when we auditioned they went with Jerry Salzberg uh, they felt that uh, Jerry was much more animated and I was a little too low key <laughs> so I then went back uh, to Godspell, where they said, uh, where no, they didn't say. I said, <laughs> I would be interested in taking over the lead in the show. Okay. And they said, interesting. Okay, let's let's do that. So I had a little audition for that, just singing wise, because I didn't do a lot of singing in the original show and they said fine and it was very intriguing to the director of Godspell it was a kind of a new director to go a more Jewish way so he said this is this is really fantastic
0: <laughs> we, have, we
1: have a really Jewish looking Jesus so that is that's what happened and then three months later when the show closed when Second City clo- when Godspell closed I was able to go right into I then went right into Second City replacing Brian Murray
0: got it perfect now have you always been a musical person I you think just, so? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I've always had a um, a thing for music. I was I was doing a lot of singing, uh, you know, in high school. I was in a folk group called the Tritones. Oh. Um, and uh, and uh, and then I did, and then I did, was in a couple of other uh, folk groups. Another lie. It wasn't a couple of other folk groups. It was. <laughs> It was one other folk group <laughs> called Tuesday's Children. Oh, yes, um, and uh, so I, I music was a big part of uh, of my life. I think back because then, a lot of your a...
0: characters that you played in SETV were musical Schmengies. Yes, and then afterwards yeah.
1: I did play accordion, and, I was gonna... and your dad did play clarinet. Now in, in high school,
0: did you actually play? during did you learn any of those songs or try to learn any of the songs that you played during any of the Schmengi bits
1: no there you go <laughs> sorry. No. sorry to
0: burst that bubble guys
1: <laughs> no but i i was uh, i was adept enough at the instrument to to know uh, rhythmically what to hit the notes when the notes are actually happening right. and i knew enough with the this part was the, the, the button part, yeah. right? right? To be able to keep the thing, keep a finger on the, uh, on the uh, little button that controls the bellows. Okay. So I was able to move that back and forth while I faked this hand. And so quite honestly, when we, when we record, when we did the concert portion for the show, The Last Polka, right? there was an audience. Uh, we recorded that in a theater and we they put out an ad saying you know they're 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 taping this this the last polka for the uh uh uh, for the schmenge brothers uh if you want to come and be a part of the crowd then come and be a part of the crowd so we we just wanted enough people to fill three rows so that if we wanted to shoot out into the audience we'd have a few rows of people to shoot out on well, the theater was like we, we got wind with that they're lining around the block. They're just People are just lined up and lined up and lined up and we're backstage ready to tape the thing. And when the theater was like 1,500 seats and it was like completely full for this taping session, nobody in the crowd knew that we actually were not playing.
0: <laughs> I think my grandma and her sister were in the second row. So there's, whenever I watch the movie, I can see them just sitting in the front. Really? Yeah, it's oh. great. So they, they were there. And I have the, one of the clips that I'll show you oh. guys later. Um,
1: yeah.
0: That's, has, we it, did a good job of faking that.
1: it. We did a good job you, of faking it.
0: I think it took me until I was probably, you know, in high school to realize that you guys that Didn't, we weren't I playing? I you weren't playing.
1: Well, neither neither, neither your dad nor myself told anybody that nope. we weren't.
0: <laughs> and sorry. <laughs> yeah. So what was it like, um, the transition from going to stage on Second City to SCTV?
1: Well, it was, it was, um, it was uh, I guess, awkward in a way because we were coming right out of uh, an improvisational theater thing where you improvise. That's how you create your material. And when we started the television show, and they brought uh, Harold Ramis up, dear Harold Ramis, to be our head writer, um, to kind of keep everything together, uh, guide us. And uh, we started writing the show. When we started writing the show, we we actually started doing improvisational games. Mm -hmm. Like, in other words, We 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 would do these improvisational warm-ups, and then we would kind of pick premises and start improvising and improvising, trying to come up with a scene for the show. Until we realized this is not the quickest way to write a television show, (laughs) (laughs) because after two days of trying to you know improvising improvising games, uh, we didn't have a lot on paper. And so it, it wasn't until we started just breaking up into smaller groups and, and using a pad and pencil that we st- actually started writing the show. The, right. And then it, it was kind of fun, even though we were, I guess, everybody, maybe with the exception of Harold, who was an exceptionally brilliant writer, um, really kind of knew what they were doing but but he was such a great guy he was so talented and we wanted to please him so much as a head writer that we worked so hard trying to write the funniest best things we could do and then we everybody kind of pitched their idea to Harold hoping to get that big laugh from Harold which we usually got whether he thought it was funny or not he was that nice a guy (laughs) Uh, And then we were kind of on our way.
0: What was one of the sketches that you felt, you wrote that you loved but maybe didn't make it in?
1: I loved that didn't make it in. Was there any? I got to be honest, I had a pretty good batting average (laughs) on that show, but there was, I I remember one piece that I wrote that was initially turned down, which was I think it was uh, called uh, Pippi Long Socks, and it was it was a, 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 a kind of a parody of the a, a pe, 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 what is it? Pippi Long Sock.
0: Pippi Long Sock. Pippi Long Sock. Pippi Long Sockings. The redhead Well, with maybe the little... mine
1: was Peppy Long Peppy... Socks.
0: I know there was spray on and, socks. And your
1: dad played Peppy.
0: Oh. Oh. Uh,
1: <laughs> and, and you know he had his little orange curly hair and his freckles, and you know he was oh, he was remember. the kind of you know that Eastern European kind because it was it was all dubbed, the movie. So anyway, um, so that was a funny piece, and I thought it was great, and then it was turned down um, for some reason. Um, and that was fine, but then it, it, we did, years later, when we were in a pinch for a, a, a show because something else dropped out, somebody had said, what about that piece that was written years ago? And right. so it, was, it went in. Right. And it was funny. Good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, I want to actually go through a slideshow that I have here because there's some photos That kind of goes through the time and the arc before, so that we can talk about um, the different movies that you worked with my dad on. If you wanna look, take a look at these and kind of. So this is actually Second City Toronto. That one is you and Andrea Martin, and these are photos my mom took. Wow. And that is Andrea, Joe Flaherty. They go fast, so I'm sorry.
1: Me and. And Joe Flaherty. Joe. Wow, you have the news. That's (laughs) Erland Floyd. That was the stage version of Erland Floyd.
0: And then this is... And then... (laughs) Gus Gustafson. Gus (laughs) Gustafson.
1: Sure. That was the first character I played on SCTV in the first show. Oh, boy. Judd Hirsch and John playing James Coco.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think the next photo is... Yep. The scene, that's the scene. Same
1: thing, Judd Hirsch and James Coco, and I think it was Nutcracker Suite. Neil Simon's Nutcracker Suite. And then Preteen World. World.
0: Bobby Bittman. Of
1: course. Yes. Woody and Tongue. Woody and Tongue in a more serious vein. The worst makeup day I've ever had in my (laughs) life.
0: I I think it's the next photo.
1: I'll come back to that one.
0: Yes. I'm actually in the next photo. On the the (laughs) piano. So Catherine is playing the piano. I don't know what you're doing or where we are, but that's me.
1: Wow. That's Catherine on piano? Yeah. And is that me on the right? That's you on the right.
0: <laughs> Having the worst makeup day you've ever
1: had. <laughs> wow. Okay, we can get to the oh next photo. Oh, my God.
0: And then I have a whole bunch of these. That's
1: us playing the, the Three, Three Stooges. Stooges.
0: And then I just threw them all together because there's.
1: Unbelievable.
0: I love those photos.
1: Wow. That is, uh, yeah, The I the, can't remember the name of the piece. Lauren Green. Right. <laughs> Not bad Lauren Green, huh? I think the makeup
0: and was phenomenal.
1: Uh, Floyd the Barber from The <laughs> yeah. Godfather. Oh, That's this. when we won the Emmys. Yep. My brother Fred and John in the middle.
0: And then you did Going Berserk. Going
1: Berserk, yes.
0: Which it, uh, it took me until maybe like five years ago to finally see the whole movie in its entirety. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, uh, uh, it was a, a fantastically fun it's experience. a good it's actually a good uh, movie. I can't remember my character's name. That's uh Splash. yes Splash. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Schmenge's Stan Schmangi <laughs> standing outside his luxurious home. <laughs> Uh, Schmengis doing their uh, Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. Beat it
0: number? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yes, great picks.
0: then armed and dangerous. Armed and dangerous?
1: Yes. Thanks for remembering. Sorry, I have to show this photo then next. <laughs> I have a story about that. I have a story about that You can
0: tell the story if you want or we can go through the photos. Well. Yeah, let's go through uh, the photos and then we can tell the the story. And I'm going to remember to bring back this story. Okay, this was um, Speed Zone.
1: Speed Zone. Yes, that was a movie that, Speed Zone, was a movie that they were doing in Montreal and it was, uh, they, they, uh, uh, your dad dad was doing the movie and he said, and he said, Oh there's a there's a great uh, part for you in this movie you should you should uh, you should do do, do this uh, thing and 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 so I said well is there I said maybe they can send a script and thing so they sent the script and I and I kind of looked at it and I went oh I don't know there's not much of a here, John, really, for me, I don't... It's not really that good a movie. I know it sucks, but let me tell you something. <laughs> if I'm going to do you it, something. you're going to do it. I'm doing it, and we're going to have fun, and you got to come on and do this movie with me. you got to do it. <laughs> Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to see it. And we'll have a ball. We'll have a ball doing this movie. I said, okay, that's it. You sold it. <laughs> okay.
0: We can go to the next photo. Uh, This is... I. I don't have any photos of you two together on Once Upon a Crime, but this is your directing.
1: Oh yes, that's right. Yes, did that your was directing it. debut. We, uh, well, yes, I, dir- I, dir- I directed Once Upon a Crime. My wife refers to it as Once Upon a Career. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did one, um, uh, one uh, theatrical feature, and that was it. And uh, and there's a kind of a story behind that too, in a way. But that was. We started, well, anyway, let's, let's go on to this one. <laughs> that was a, se- that was the Gilda like... tri- tribute. Uh, Second City, it was kind of Second City. It was a tribute to Gilda Radner that we did in 19, I think, 92, Two, maybe? Two, I think, is. Um, That's and right. Second City, it was, her, it, it, was, it her years in Second City, so Second City was involved. And her years in Godspell, and there was a, and so half the show was Second City, half was Godspell, and that's uh, there we are doing a Second City.
0: (laughs) This is you with our cat Alice.
1: (laughs) I remember Alice, no claws, (laughs) and she would sit on your lap and just do one of these kneading things that felt so good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the back of this photo, it just says Mother's Day, nineteen eighty-five. That's me in front of you. I. I'm not too sure. Wow. I, think, I think Gudrun Flaherty is one of the other girls, and wow. I'm not too sure. I
1: wonder who that is Who the what other one is? is? Is that you?
0: No. I'm not sure.
1: Oh. And there's
0: your son Dan My and myself. Son
1: Dan And Jennifer. Oh. Which I
0: came to that photo. I'm like I, t- I emailed Dan. I'm like I'm putting this in because I think it's cute. Wow. And then I think I took this photo of you guys on an airplane.
1: I don't know where we were going. I don't know where we were going, but we
0: but were that, dressed. That was it. That's that's the
1: oh, little that. the little
0: memory lane. Wow. Good fixed. Okay, I want to go back to Good I want to yeah. go back to the Great story picks. that you have for Armed and Dangerous.
1: Okay, so the thing about uh, that scene in Armed and Dangerous, uh, where we're kind of, you know, in drag, in drag. John's kind of in a divine uh, outfit there. And I was uh, in kind of a leather yep. thing, but they there, there was talk about, why don't you, you know what would be funny, if the leather chaps you're wearing had no uh, backside to them.
0: Assless
1: chaps. Assless chaps.
0: Tell <laughs> them what they are. And I said,
1: no, I said, uh, John, and John, of course, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. Jean, Jean, Jean. That's a you will get the biggest laugh in the movie. I said, John, it's not. It's not the kind of laugh I really want. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't really want to go assless in, in the movie. And he said, uh, and he goes, okay, but, but no, no, no. You're missing the point. You're missing the point here. Look, this is this is the scene in the movie. It's like it, it's we're building, building, building to this moment, and we're looking for the bad guys. And and uh, you, you know, we're, we're we're we go undercover. Uh, we go undercover in drag, and we're we're going into this porn shop, and we're trying to trying to locate these uh, bad guys. And there, we see them. We see them in there, and then they walk out. So we're following them out. But the and then the police are looking at us like there's something suspicious going on. Something suspicious, <laughs> and we come out with kind of a, a, a you know smart aleck remark to the cops, and then we we kind of walk away. And as we're walking away up the street we see you walking away and you've got these assless chaps walking and he said comedically speaking as the premise the comedic premise of this is it's the icing on the cake it's the icing on the cake and if you don't wear them then we're just walking away and it doesn't have the kind of punch I said okay John I said you know what that, I, I, I can buy that I can buy that. that that makes sense to me it's as much as I don't want to do it I'll do it because it's, it's the, it pays off the scene. So we start, they come in with these chaps.
0: And, you know, I,
1: I put them on and uh, they're saying, okay, we're all set, ready to go. And we walk out to Hollywood Boulevard. We shot this on Hollywood Boulevard, uh, not far from here. And uh, I walk out to start the scene, and there are 500 people on the other side of the oh, my Hollywood God. Boulevard who see me walk out, and they're now kind of catcalling and <laughs> whistling and everything. And I'm going, Oh my God, oh my God. And the person laughing the hardest, <laughs> buckling over laughing, was your dad. <laughs> In drag, <laughs> laughing at my ass. <laughs> and I just, you know, I said, I'll get you back for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway.
0: But then you had a great story that you told me a while back about hmm. Once Upon a Crime and the whole mustache scenario.
1: Yeah. Well. Do you remember? Or he. His character,
0: yeah. he was kind of developing his character, what he should look like.
1: He, he had, well, the thing about John was, even going back to, like, uh, SCTV, he never, he didn't really use a lot of, like, the rest of us. Right. You know, he, he didn't rely on, you know, wigs and funny glasses and things and mustaches. He, he felt confident enough to just, go on kind of as himself and do whatever it is that he did and you know he was I mean he and this 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 continued I mean into movies as well you he, he your dad was like a movie star unlike the rest of us who right. were kind of like you know hi-ho hi-ho <laughs> we're off to work we go we're just worker bees going to work you know punching a clock but he had he could he could just he knew what he had to sell and he was like adorable and he had the looks and he, had, and he was funny and, and you just loved him and that's, that's who he was. So he didn't, he didn't need any, any of these uh, uh, wigs or anything else. So when we got over to start uh, shooting the movie, I had kind of an idea of what he should look like. Mm-hmm. This was a remake of an old Italian kind of a black comedy. It was a Dino De Laurentiis uh, movie. Uh, and it was a remake of something he did in 1960. And the guy that playing your dad's part uh, had this little mustache, and it just kind of looked like it belonged to this character. It made him kind of funny. But your dad, uh, from the time he went over there, this is the beginning of the Gulf War. Okay. When we, when, when I flew over to, to Europe, 1991, or January 15th is when the war was declared. That's when I actually flew over to start working on the movie and not knowing whether war was going to break out or not before, before I landed. So, uh, war, now there's a war over there and now uh, I'm, you know, hearing that, uh, well, your dad doesn't really know that he wants to come over and do this because it's dangerous and, you know, it's a war zone and, you know, I said, it's not a war zone, John, we're, not, we're in Italy. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually quite safe. You can walk the streets, you don't even know what's going on. It's just, it's just, an, I know, but it's kind of, it's, there's a dangerous thing and you never know where these people are going to, I said, look, I, I, John, it's really thank thing. So finally, he comes over, right? And yeah. he's kind of, he's a little on edge when he, when he, yeah. when, when he gets over there. He's like, he doesn't, he came over, but he, he didn't really Wine. feel comfortable yeah. coming over. So he's shooting like the next day. <clears throat> so I said um I said, So John, uh, uh I'm thinking maybe you a little mustache in the scene. No, I don't need a mustache. I uh I'm good. I, I'll just uh, you know, I'll, I'll just go on looking looking like myself. I said, Okay, all right, that's you know, that's good. But I, I think a little mustache is it just adds a little. commitment, yeah, yeah, but no, I, I, uh, I think I'll just go on. I, I don't use a mustache. I did Uncle Buck. I don't use a mustache. I, planes and trains. I don't use a mustache. I'm just, uh, you know, this is this is who I am. I can I can do the part. Let's, I said okay. So I got up the next morning. He had an early call, like a six a.m. call or something, and I didn't have to be there till later. Till everybody got made up and stuff, but I, I made it a point of being there right when he got to the makeup room. <laughs> so I met him there that morning and said, uh, so John, what about the, uh, what about that little mustache? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't need a mustache." I said, "But just we're here. We've got you know your <laughs> Ben, his makeup uh, artist Ben Nye was yep. you know did all it his movies." Amazing. And I said, "Ben, you know we can do a little uh, something. Do you have something for a, a mustache? We could just try it out. Just put it on and see what it looks like." So he cut this big, clumpy thing, you know, and he like a big, clumpy thing. And he picks it up and he goes like that, and John picks up this big, clumpy thing, and he goes like that, and he goes, no, I don't like this. I don't like this. I said, no, I know, but that's not it. That's, it's just, just it's, it's gotta be cut down, it's gotta be cut down, so we just, I said, just trim. Ben, trim a little, trim, give it a little thing, trim, he picks it up again, puts it on, I don't like it. It's not doing much for me. I said, no, 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 no. We trimmed it till it was, till it was like this thin, Put it on, he puts it on, he goes, no, it's not working for me. It's not working for me, Jen. I said, okay, Ben, just snip it. Snip it in the middle. Snip it in the middle. So he snipped it in the middle, and now he's got two little bits, one little bit over here, one little bit over there, and he's looking at it, and he says, all right. (laughs) And that was it. And that's, that's what he went with, and it, it, it really, it was a funny, funny character. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, I want to go back to the Schmengis, and where did The Last Polka um, originate, or where did the Schmengi brothers originate, and then how did that get you guys to do almost essentially one of the first mockumentaries out there?
1: Um... Well, we were in um, we were in we did the show in Edmonton, Alberta for a few years and there wasn't much to do in Edmonton <laughs> in nineteen eighty uh, two or one um, so when we were sh- when we were working, it was all great when we weren't working there just wasn't much to do so we would we really would hang out together and go to uh, we were staying in hotels, and so we'd go to somebody's hotel room, and we'd just watch TV and just hang out. But normally, started just thinking of things and writing. So we were, even in our downtime, we were constantly writing. And that's why those years in Edmonton, really, those three years in Edmonton were the, um, um, I think, the best shows that we Right. That, that you know that actually we did. There was such a focus on the show. So one one Sunday afternoon, uh, where I'm, I go up to uh, John's uh, hotel room and we're just sitting around and we're watching TV and we see these uh, polka guys, uh, local polka guys doing the show and and I and I said uh, I said oh look or maybe your dad I think it was I said look oh a couple of schmeggies. <laughs> Uh, and schmengies shmang- yeah. was a word that we sometimes would use. It's c- kind of like schmoes, you know, a couple of schmoes, a couple yeah. of schmengies. It was used, I think, originally by Harold Ramis, if I'm not mistaken, and I, c- I can't remember when, but it was one of the first few shows. <laughs> uh, so, and we said, oh, the schmengies, schmengies. we said, oh, that's interesting. What if it's the, the schmengies? What if it's, uh, what if we're brothers? What if it's the shmengie brothers doing a polka thing? And we we kicked it around a little bit, didn't come up with anything, and that was it. We let it go. And that was and that was probably a year and a half later or a year later. Till we got back to Toronto, I believe that we were sitting around one day, and somebody and then and, then, and John said, "What about that Schming idea?" So we I said, "Yeah, there's something there." So we so we. We wrote the first uh, kind of uh, Happy Wanderer show, mm-hmm. and and then the characters were so great to do. You know, yeah. I mean, they were so they great. They were they one of my they favorite characters. There were two characters, characters that we could, for some reason, we could just kind of improvise in those characters for uh, forever. Like it, 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 just came so naturally mm-hmm. to us. We both. You know it's funny because we both gravitated to characters that were not necessarily the sharpest pencils in the drawer. <laughs> uh, your, your dad and I.
0: Doctor <laughs> Tong. You Dr. Tung know, compared
1: and to Doctor Tong and Bruno, Bruno. the Schmengies were like Nobel laureates. <laughs> right. <clears throat> uh, you know, Woody and Doctor Tong were just—you could—you could—you lump those two characters together and wouldn't have enough intelligence to fill a thimble, I think. And yet they were—they were. They were they were just uh, such great friends, you know, just bickering and fighting and bickering, but they loved each other. They were just, it was like an old married couple kind of, you know? And, uh, and, and it was, and it was great. And, and, uh, you know, John was, they had one huge fight, Uh, Dr. Tong and, uh, and Woody, and it was, it was. Uh, I think it was in the Towering Inferno show, <clears throat> and about Woody falling. He was falling for this character that was that turned out to be a prostitute. And Doctor Tung was telling him that's a prostitute, and he wouldn't believe it. This, no, it's not a prostitute. It's a, she says she's a writer. She's a, well, uh, that's a. That's a. She's a woman of the evening. She's a woman. And and at the end of the show, and I would not believe him and he was getting so frustrated, at the end of the show you see this, this uh, prostitute leaving, walking into her car and there's a and, and her pimp is there, you know, in a 70s version right. of what a pimp is. You couldn't miss the fact that he was a pimp. <laughs> and she's getting into her car and Tung turns to Woody and says, do you see, do you see, who do you think that is? I said, her publisher. <laughs> And and he goes, that's it. That's it. I don't want you to call me. I don't want you to write me. I don't want you knocking on my door for one whole week. (laughs) One whole week that's it no matter how mad they they got got at each other it's just a week just a week yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) i have a clip um i want to show to go back to the schmangies um so that you guys for those of you who have never seen the schmangies but i'm hoping everyone here has so let's play this clip um from the last polka which is the movie i'm actually in this clip so look for the little girl with a yellow top and a red skirt One of the big highlights of my life. <laughs> to have all our friends and family there made it all so special.
1: And to play our hip tunes for the last time with the Happy Wanderers Band. It was almost a moving experience. When people ask me why Yash, myself, retired so suddenly, you know what I tell them? I say, no comment. That cracks him up all the time. No comment. Everybody (laughs) says, (laughs) I just to (laughs) be you know, because it doesn't matter why we retire, that's nobody's business. But the thing is, we had fun along the way. That's the important thing, that we had some laughs and some good times. And some bad times. Oh, some bad times, but more good times. Oh, yeah, it's more of (laughs)
0: them. I didn't like that movie over over and over and over again.
1: You did a great job thank by you. that barbecue. Thank
0: you, thank you. Um, as the scene progresses, yeah. uh, the flames get uh, yeah. hotter and hotter, and it cuts to like, my dad in the back with a rake trying to put the fire out. And I remember being so sad that we couldn't actually eat the food that yes. I had been watching for <laughs> hours, them grilling. Hot dogs and then chips, and it was just... it was. And then all of a sudden the firefighters That's came a- out and sprayed it with all the stuff, and then they we're like, okay, we're going to torch it now, and I was like
1: i know I'm so sad. It's i been know standing
0: all day and- believe me
1: every time we had a scene with food that we couldn't eat i, would, I, I felt the same way <laughs> what's wrong with that egg salad
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay we asked um our audience uh, lovely audience members here a couple mm. fun little questions um and i'm gonna i'm gonna slowly wrap things up with questions um, any chance of a Bobby Bittman making a comeback?
1: <clears throat> oh, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> there you go. No,
1: no, no, I don't think I love so. Bobby that's, uh, that's a
0: fun character.
1: Um, well, um, it, it, was a, it was a fun character. <laughs> well,
0: that's it. But I, I think
1: he's pretty much had his day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, what was your favorite mev- memory from filming Waiting for Guffman?
1: Wow. Uh, go waiting with- for Goffman, I think it was uh, Chris Guest had, well, his character was insane, quirky yes. St. Clair, <laughs> originally called Antoninus D- Dementabella. <laughs> Is that, I think that's the name.
0: I think so. That's uh, That he sound- did on,
1: on, uh, uh, on uh, uh, SNL. Uh, years before, but they he couldn't use the name because SNL said no, we own the name, you can't use the name. So he he wow. kept the character but had changed the name and changed it to Corky St. Clair. Uh, but he did this in the movie. <clears throat> he did this well. First of all, waiting for Guffman was the first thing we did, and we we really didn't know. I, I honestly didn't know how the thing worked. That you know, there's no rehearsals or anything else. You just you you just go in front of the camera and then you start shooting, and that's it. So, but his character was insanely funny to me. And, and this little dance that he does in that movie, and if you haven't seen it, it's hard to describe, but it was the most spastic little dance move where, you know, he would he would do these little... I mean, it was almost like, I don't know what it is. It's like a... Like insane. And I would go crazy when he did it and start laughing. And there was one scene in the show where he's teaching the group of us this, this uh, dance for the, for the show in a rehearsal sequence. And I started laughing so hard that I, I worked my way to the back of the group and then got down on my hands and knees and crawled off the set. <laughs> Because I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't want to ruin the scene, and I figured if I'm in the back of the crowd, it, the, the scene can still go on, and that was it. And I crawled off and laid on the floor and just laughed my ass off. <clears throat> um, uh, that to me is uh, that's about the hardest I, I think I laughed, I laughed in any any of those uh, movies.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that movie. I, I think I was watching your. Uh, Dentist audition before the show for in Waiting for Guffman. and I that's you have to watch that online if you haven't seen that. Uh, Oh,
1: the the uh, the uh, Stephen Foster, right? Yeah,
0: (laughs) okay. I've got two more questions that I'm going to combine into Mm. one because they kind of are similar topic. Um, when you were doing Godspell, did you feel uh, did it feel as big as the moment as it ended up being? Next question. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jameson, for botching that
1: question. Sorry, What? what
0: is it Uh so, oh, so it's essentially Godspell. Yes. Did you know that it was going to be as big as it was? Because it was one of those things that...
1: Oh, it already was.
0: Right. So did you, in the moment you were doing it, realize how, what you were in?
1: I I, I realized that it was such a, well, we just loved the show so much. There was something about that show that was, maybe it's because it was our first show, maybe it's because the show was designed uh, to be, if you don't know the premise of the show, it's like it was, you know, it's early 1970s, so it's hippie-esque, and it's these hippie types getting together and reenacting the gospel according to St. Matthew in a kind of a musical, funny way, using comedy, Comedy bits, impersonations, and you know, and then you have the Jesus character who, who basically is, treats everybody like uh, um, I guess the like disciples. I mean that was it, and you reenact the thing right up until the end. so it's a great show, a, a really emotional kind of show. It's the kind of show that yeah. it, uh, honestly evoked uh, so much emotion at the end of the show and it was con- just standing ovations uh, not just, I mean just because the show itself kind of gets you and it was a great cast, musically a very strong cast so doing it every day was, we knew it was very solid we knew it was very exciting the music was exciting the comedy was exciting um, so we knew I mean we knew it was um, it was the most exciting show to do and even now when we get together with Paul Schaefer and Marty short and anybody else in the show but it only takes three of us every time we get together Paul and there's a piano Paul will go to the piano and we have to do the entire prologue the three <laughs> of us. and he starts right at the beginning and takes goes as far as we can actually go before we say okay that's enough But um, it, yeah really really uh, it's a show that is so much a part of who we are right. um, uh, yeah we knew, we knew it was great. Well there you go. Yeah.
0: Well Eugene it's that time to end.
1: Is we, there an intermission?
0: There, There is an intermission. <laughs> and you can come back in two weeks and be my other guest, and we can talk for another hour. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. And I've had so much fun going through all these photos because there's so many family photos and photos that my mom took, and it just kind of, like I said, it's like a big family reunion, you kind of bringing everyone together and talking, and and learning about you and my, you know, your relationship with my dad, and then just also your upbringing and how you became, you know, Part of Second uh, City and all that stuff. So I just want to say thank you so much. Well, for being here. thank you. This this <laughs> is
1: you know this is the most fun I've ever had doing uh, you know a it's talk so show. Sweet. And believe me, I don't I don't <laughs> love listening to myself.
0: But everyone loves listening to you guys here. So and I also all
1: want to that much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also want to say thank you guys so much for coming out. Um, I do the show every other Wednesday, so check. Uh, come back in two weeks. Um, I will have Joe Flaherty here, um, who is another fabulous. <laughs> Someone's much chuckling, I know. <laughs>
1: yeah, if we can find him. If we can find him. <laughs> yes.
0: So maybe TBA. <laughs> Thank you guys so much uh, for coming out and I hope to see you again and wait for it. That's all folks. Drive safe and get out. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much.